0: Listening to The Machine in the Garden, the first track from Ben Cosgrove's latest album, The Trouble with Wilderness. I have always thought that all the arts are deeply connected to nature, from poetry and painting to literature and drama, and of course, music. And most recently, I have discovered this affirmation of that connection within the music from this incredible collection of songs from the Trouble with wilderness. Through his music, Ben Cosgrove takes us on a personal journey to the everyday places that matter to him. His music celebrates the nature and the environment that is here and now, that is beneath our feet where we live with such songs as Overpass, and this rushed beauty and this sense of order. And of course, The Machine in the Garden.
1: So the first one that I recorded, we spent like a weekend kind of padding his piano with fabrics and stealth and putting microphones in funny places and trying to get as many kind of intimate, strange sounds out of it as, as we could. And that's what kind of worked out to be the lead paragraph of, for the whole album. It's basically about plants growing out of the sidewalk. It's, it's about sort of sonic textures and its arrangement and orchestration that it begins with this very kind of rigid, mechanical, almost like finger-picked guitar thing. Then over the course of the song, all these kind of ambient blooms and washes of sound and color kind of gradually overtake that. The strategy I landed on for writing about these smaller, more intimate situations was to find ways to make a piano sound organic and ethereal all at once. And so that song is kind of intended as a, a sort of survey of that.
0: So, how important was nature and environmental issues for you? when you were growing up?
1: It's not that they weren't important to me, but it wasn't, I don't know that it was a thing that I thought much about. I kind of went through the first part of my life not really thinking a ton about the world beyond what was in front of my face. Yeah, it really wasn't until I was in college that I started writing music about nature and landscape and place as I kind of became interested in those things, not from a kind of position of you know, advocacy or activism or, anything like that, more just kind of trying to unpack these concepts and figure out the world a little better for myself.
0: So how important are those issues to you now?
1: Certainly important. I mean, it's also like we live in a time where this, the damage that humanity has done to the world has never been more apparent or more threatening. And so I feel like it's it's hard to be neutral and still stop short of thinking of my music as necessarily advocating for a particular position or, or set of actions. The, the intent of my work isn't necessarily to get people to get out there and do something. It's to think about things that they might not have thought about otherwise and maybe approach the world more thoughtfully.
0: For me, that's one of the things that I really like about your music is that, I mean, it's, it's a collaboration between your music and your experience with, for lack of a better word, nature. So when did music first become important to you?
1: Oh, that happened way earlier. (laughs) When I was a little kid, like around four, we moved to a new house. The previous owner had an upright piano that she just didn't want to deal with. (laughs) So we kind of just inherited this thing. I was a little kid and I was kind of picking out the Jeopardy theme song and that kind of stuff on the on the piano so my parents looked around for someone that I might be able to take lessons from and they found this older woman who lived a couple towns away who turned out to be just like the perfect person for me to learn piano from. I wound up taking piano lessons from the same person from when I was four to when I was 18. She was kind of very willing to follow me on all my kind of weird quixotic musical pursuits that I might have. Like I'd come in having heard a song on the radio and would spend an hour trying to figure out how it went or like why I liked it or should say like, go write a song about snow for next week, and I would go off go and do that. What this left me with was a, a set of tools that felt like from a really young age for kind of processing the rest of the world through instrumental music, which I'm sure I wouldn't have had otherwise. When did you kind of
0: discover that you wanted to be a professional musician?
1: I get that question a lot, and I have no idea. Because I I mean, I don't come from a family of musicians, like no one really, no one really even plays an instrument in my family. This was my passion and my skill set from such an early age that I I couldn't really imagine doing anything else. So I don't remember a point at which I, like, you know, decided that this was what I was going to do. It was just always something I kind of took for granted.
0: Well, on your website, you you kind of describe yourself, how you see your music, how it fits in and and what it. It is. And I was just hoping that you might give give people an idea that, who haven't listened to your music, what they're in
1: for. Somebody wrote an article about the new album recently, and they described me as an instrumental folk pianist, which I thought was the the best description that anyone's hit on in my 10 years of doing this. I've always kind of identified more as a folk musician, or or, or I feel more kinship with singer-songwriters and balladeers and that kind of thing than I do with, you know, composers or classical performers, even though I'm obviously writing instrumental piano music. I definitely think of the bulk of my music as songs, and my performances rely a lot on storytelling. Maybe that's not answering your question, but yeah, it's somewhere between folk and classical music. It's it's very melodic. It's increasingly piano-based. And uh, there tend to be a lot of notes.
0: When did nature and the environment but I'm going to call it nature and your music when did they first start it to kind of merge together, or were they always connected?
1: um it's hard there there's no clear answer to that that I can give, but i I will say that it wasn't until yeah, I guess it was really when I was in college that I became very interested in place and landscape and how maybe unpack something about what makes one spot feel different from another one or how, you know, our behaviors and attitudes are shaped by the kind of world around us. That I mean, that was more than ten years ago now, and I am surprised by how it's turned out to be this really inexhaustible subject to keep keep coming in different ways. I've done four different albums now that are each about Place in nature and landscape and environment in some different way. There's that John your quote that you'll probably remember better than I can about like once you tug at something in nature, you find that it's connected to the rest of the world. and that's that's certainly been my experience in trying to write piano music about this stuff.
0: Um, my favorite song on the album, Overpass.
1: Thanks. Yeah, this, this has been a lot of people's favorite, actually. It's, it's actually kind of a similar story. I wrote a lot of the album when I was living in a sublet in Northampton, Massachusetts. And it was really kind of, it was a great place to be walking around thinking about this kind of thing because it's sort of a, it's a small city kind of surrounded by... Fields and forests, and this big river, and this big highway running through. So it really has kind of like a little bit of everything, and all on a scale that you can kind of like walk across and, and stare for a while if you want to. Through the middle of that runs Interstate Interstate 91, this is like huge multi-lane highway. On one of the walks I would take, went below this sort of pathway, underneath the highway, under this overpass. But over the years, had been kind of like oh, completely overtaken with. Weeds and, and plant life, and just, just like this like wildly verdant, explosive thing.
0: That exterior world get translated into music. I mean, do you listen to a car driving by? Do you listen to a bird making a sound, and then you try to somehow interpret that and incorporate that into the music? Can you give us an idea? Just
1: just yeah. No, no, no. That's this is a great question. I actually teach a uh, most summers. I actually teach a workshop in uh, Oregon all about this, like the different ways, because there's a whole bunch of different schools of thought about how to write music about landscapes. But if there's a lesson that I have taken away from trying to do this in a bunch of different ways for the last several years, I have found that the most honest work that I've been able to do has been, has come from situations where I'm not trying at all to represent anything objectively. Like, I learned kind of early on that it's not the right medium to try to paint a clear, objective portrait of a place. And my intention is never that anyone will would, like, listen to one of these songs and immediately go like, ah, yes, Arizona. <laughs> it's more about, for the most part, it's music about, the, about my, like, subjective experience of being in or observing a particular place or environment or... Environmental situation. The best song to illustrate this maybe is, is one I wrote about Kansas. So the first time I drove across the plains, I I, I prepared myself for what what I thought would be a, you know a long and boring drive. But what I hadn't prepared myself for is that it's actually so flat that it's not boring at all. It's like totally terrifying and disorienting, overwhelming, and I couldn't tell where I was in relation to anything else and how fast I was going. Or so. The song I wrote about that is very kind of like big and broad and like harmonically wide open, these big kind of like one, four or five chords, but it's also very fast and panicky and frantic and supposed to sound like it like could just like go off the rails any moment. It's really a song about a very specific combination of disorientation and exhilaration than it is a song about this particular county in central Kansas. That's why I feel more like a songwriter than, than anything else. It's like a lot of these are drawn from personal experience.
0: When I listen to it, I really feel that, that your pieces are not just compositions. They sound really personal.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they are.
0: So, I mean, we talk about, or I ask you often about, how does nature influence your music? I want to know is, how, how has your music influenced the way you look at the natural world, kind of the other way around?
1: Yeah. The most obvious way for me is kind of what I I mentioned briefly a little while ago, just made me pay closer attention to where I am and could kind of wonder about things that that may otherwise have kind of slipped by me. Impressions of, of where I'm at and what what these, this particular environment might be like and what plants are here and what was there before and and how how long is this been a forest and like what kind of trees are here and it made the world a lot more interesting to me. I'm enormously grateful for that.
0: Let's go back a little bit and talk about some of the work you have done with organizations that are kind of outside of music. Such as the Grand Teton National Park, and others where you have worked, and have done collaborations with them. How did that? What are some of those um, experiences, and how did that get started?
1: It's a a great question. (laughs) I've done a a lot of artist residencies at this point, and that's that's really the most meaningful way that I've collaborated with these these places. My first was in Acadia National Park several years ago. A lot of national parks, particularly the bigger ones, have have started artist residency programs where they'll bring a poet or a painter or very occasionally a musician to kind of like live somewhere in the park for a few weeks or a month and make work about it, but then give a bunch of public presentations about, you know, what they're doing and how they're reacting to the landscape. And it, it kind of serves both parties, a very kind of fertile, creative challenge for me to be kind of thrown into a new place and figure out what I find interesting or surprising or confusing. So Katie was the first one. I've also done residencies at Isle Royal National Park. I was the artist-in-residence for White Mountain National Forest for a year. I was also the artist-in-residence for a year for the New England National Scenic Trail, which goes from Long Island Sound almost to Mount Matnock. Right. For a year, I just, my job was to kind of you know, hike the whole trail and kind of identify moments that I wanted to write music about and come up with a handful of songs. And then, but most importantly for the trail, I think was like play as many shows as I possibly could along that trail corridor, so to kind of inform people that this thing was in their backyards. I don't know because the, what I, my work is so kind of I'm such a one-man operation that it's I, I'm very happy whenever I'm able to do the things I do in the service of something I care about. Establishing a hiking trail, that kind of thing.
0: So when did you first start thinking of doing this album, and what inspired it?
1: Well, yeah, this actually, this follows up on the previous question pretty well. Um, I Because I was writing music about landscape, I, I wound up in the situation, like we were just talking about, where I was Increasingly working with, you know, like National parks. I was the artist at sea on a research vessel in the middle of the ocean. And a lot of my work was reflecting these places. And I worried that maybe people might be taking away from my show's the wrong message. Or at least imagining that I was espousing a view of nature that is not what I actually believe. So I kind of set myself the challenge of writing a whole album of music that would not be about you know national parks or wilderness areas or you know places without people in them but instead focus on these weird like expressions of nature and wildness in the built environment what we would think of as the you know man-made world kind of overlap and intersect and interact in these sort of weird and surprising and like often very beautiful interesting ways
0: Of beauty and this sense of
1: order. This is one of my favorite titles on the the album. That title comes from a poem that Evie White wrote in a letter to his wife about gardeners and gardening. I thought it was important to to have some song about gardening or agriculture or or something like that, like somewhere in here, because it was a good example of what the whole album is about. There's there's that huge drum in there, and I yell at one point, and there's there's a lot going on. It's one of of my favorites in the album. So
0: where did you get the title from?
1: The title is from, actually, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will recognize it, The Trouble With Wilderness. It's this essay by, by William Cronin, he wrote like 1995, and it's about the ways in which wilderness is sort of, it can't be the whole story. Like, if you imagine nature as this thing that is defined by the absence of people, you'll never come up with a, like, workable way of being in the world. And that's not to say that wilderness isn't important, only that it, you know, we also need to adjust our definition and view of nature such that it allows for people. I feel like what tends to sometimes happen is knowing that these you know, wilderness out there someplace far off, like apart from yourself, can give this sort of, can falsely give us this kind of moral licensing to not care about the environment immediately around us. But there's a tendency, I think, not to take care of the places that we think of as the human landscape because it's not nature to us. And I think our our definition of what nature is can't be limited to these big, wild places. I mean, the places that I'd really been writing a lot of music about over the last several years. So at first, I really wasn't sure how this project would go. It was more, it was something I kind of embarked upon out of principle rather than creative inspiration, which is uncommon for me. But I was very surprised at how, like once I started really kind of training myself to figure out how to identify and appreciate and reflect these places. Like a lot of the songs in the album are about, Plants growing out of a sidewalk, like weeds overtaking a highway, or places where a bridge over a river isn't where you expect it to be, or places where where you don't expect nature to be there, <laughs> and it is.
0: So, how has you know, the COVID issue? How has that affected you? I mean, I assume you're not able to really perform in
1: public. Oh yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been awful. I, I can't recommend a pandemic ever again <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping this is the last one for a while you enjoy your public performances very much so I mean not not only do I enjoy I, I think I, I really kind of I don't know I, I really depended upon them not just financially but I think psychologically there, there's something that really matters to me a lot about being able to kind of be in a new room full of people every night and talk to them about the things I care about find surprising points of connection with them and say nothing of just I love driving around, <laughs> and I've missed that a lot. So yeah, there's there's this really central part of my life that that has not. Been, I mean, like live stream concerts are fine, but they don't really give you the things that I love most about being a musician.
0: For joining me for this wonderful conversation with Ben Cosgrove, if you would like to learn more about Ben and his music, visit bencosgrove.com. You can purchase *The Trouble with Wilderness* wherever you buy your music, or from his website. And I hope you will share *Nature Revisited* with friends, family, and colleagues and subscribe to Nature Revisited on your favorite podcast server. You can also follow us on Instagram, YouTube, or our website, nordenproductions.com. That's N-O-R-D-E-N productions.com. If you would like to share your thoughts or comments, please send them to us through our website contact page, and we will share them on our Instagram page. I would like to thank Jamie and Nancy Horton for their generous contribution to Nature Revisited. Their generosity helped make this episode possible. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Orden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join us for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, Remember, we are nature.